Welcome to Job Seekers Radio, where we provide meaningful support to find great careers faster. We are your hosts. I'm Scott. I'm Andrew. And we are delighted to have you join us today for Networking Conversations. Today's topic really is going to provide some insight as to some good ways to approach networking. Everybody is doing networking all the time. It's not something that we necessarily think of until all of a sudden, maybe we don't have a job and now I need to network in order to find one. And suddenly we add so much pressure. pressure. Everybody says we should be doing it. And yet, and, and yet not many people know how right. to do it well. Well, they think they don't know how. When, if they're not, if they don't think they're networking and they're just talking with people, oh, well, I'm just having a conversation. Sometimes it really is that simple. What differentiates the kind of networking we're going to be talking about today is really the, the approach and the preparation more than the conversation itself. So what we want to talk about today really is how to, how to get ready for it, how to prepare yourself so it isn't this stressful, high-pressure situation. Well, think about it. It's almost like an interview. People put that much pressure on themselves. Right. Is that they think they're going into an interview that they need to take their resume, they need to wear a tie. You know, they think it's something more than it actually is. Exactly. And what we want to encourage you to do is let it just be a conversation. Right. A common conversation between professionals. That's what an interview is. In fact, we're doing an interview. Absolutely. Right now. Well, and when you think about it, when we are employed, we have these conversations with our coworkers all the time where we are discussing things that we're working on, the, the, the things we bring to our experience together from work that we've done in our past. So in essence, that is the same kind of conversation we have during regular networking. Another thing that we think about is if there is a social avenue for your coworkers and maybe you're getting together with people in a different uh, company and we're talking about work-related stuff and then we're talking about personal stuff, the things we do on vacation or whatever that looks like, um, it's all networking. You let the audience take you on a journey. Absolutely. I think that's exciting. So part of what people get worried about when they're networking is I have to demonstrate my value the whole time right. that I need to talk about myself. And the philosophy behind networking is not about you. It's about the audience. Right. And sharing ideas back and forth. A dialogue. Absolutely. Not a monologue. Absolutely. A dialogue. Right. Excellent. What this means is you need to adjust your mindset when it comes to the networking conversation. Think of it either as a dialogue or just a conversation or uh, the real definition of interview actually comes, I think, from French, doesn't it? It's a glint to glimpse. Could be. It's a glimpse. Honestly, it's just to know. get a glimpse. So <laughs> It's the, the same word in French. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea is we're just looking to get a glimpse. We're looking to have a conversation. Don't make it a big, out-of-proportion thing. Right. Well, and, and a lot of people that I talk to about networking are uncomfortable with the concept, not really because they can't have a conversation, but because they don't like crowds. And often these networking events bring in a lot of people. 
And so it makes them uncomfortable coming into a crowd when maybe they're introverted or maybe there are other things going on where they don't feel like they can be their best selves because they prefer to do that one-on-one. -on -one. And you know something? That's okay. How you psych yourself up really is what makes the difference. And so if you prepare yourself, maybe it's knowing what the, um, the, the shared uh, values might be. For example, if you're going to a networking event for entrepreneurs, you can be pretty sure that most of the people in the room will either be entrepreneurs or want to be. And there are certain things that entrepreneurs do, whether it's their approach to business, whether it's the questions they ask, whether it's the kind of people they hang out with. These are all things that there are some, some basic stereotypical things that you can prepare yourself with and be able to talk on those. If you're going to a networking event with high tech companies, there are going to be some things that you can bet pretty comfortably are going to be discussed in those things. Bone up on those. Make sure that you are conversant just enough, if, if it's not your, your bailiwick, be sure that you know enough to have the right questions to ask. And then once you get there, mm. do your best to just relax. Indeed. Let's be clear about what networking is and what it isn't. Networking is not an event. It's not a group of people. It's a conversation in a lot of cases that comes from contribution. You're looking to make a contribution to somebody else's success because it's not about you. So think of it this way. Going to a networking event is not a bad idea or bad strategy. You just don't know who's going to show up. That's right. As a job seeker, I want to have control over that audience. I encourage a lot of people when they're first starting out in networking, start with people you know. It doesn't have to be a group event. I can reach out to Scott almost any time of the day or night if you're awake or available. I don't know. Which. If I have my phone turned but on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the idea is I could reach out to you anytime. Yeah. You would answer and I could rely on you to help me yeah. because we have a history. We have a common bond. Right. That's where you start. You start with the people where you have an inner circle of connection where the trust level is really high so that you can practice. Another way to start this that we talk about in uh, the breakfast club meetings is getting together individually with other people, whether they are employed or unemployed, everyone brings value to the table. But the idea is you don't have to wait for an event. You can create your own. So invite them to coffee. I tell you, Starbucks is the office for entrepreneurs. If you want to stay local to, to Portland, Stumptown. Um, Whatever makes you comfortable. Exactly. But find that common place and just have the conversation. Because as you become familiar with that person, you're going to be able to find out what their values are. How can you make a contribution to them? One of the things that impressed me the most when I, I was working out of state for a number of years and I came back and I was so surprised after spending so many years with chambers of commerce, and I call it the chamber of commerce approach, it's so nice to meet you. How can you help me? Was the approach that I had always, up until that point, uh, experienced. And when I got to the Pacific Northwest, it was, it's so nice to meet you. How can I help you? It's amazing the difference that simple question makes. And when you start offering that to other people, they generally tend to open up. Because it makes them comfortable. 
What's more attractive, the interesting thing I find today in many people that I coach is that when they're on the job, how long do they go before they get a kind word or are recognized for doing a good job? Or is it more often they're told what they did wrong? Mm-hmm. I think that's the psyche. The psyche of the people that you want to connect with, think about it for a second. They're not getting a kind word in a month or even a quarter, maybe even a year from the people that are closest to them. And you go in and have a conversation with them and you say, you know, I'd really like to learn from you. Wow, you do a great job in this area. I can see that from your work, right? You're offering them contribution. You're offering them a kind word and you're asking questions of interest. How are they going to feel? There's a, a an issue here, especially for those who are really introverted, or they're not they're not confident or comfortable talking about things that are outside uh, their own comfort zone, and so we we are we struggle to find a way to then pretend to be comfortable because ultimately somebody has to reach out first. And if we're not getting that, we have to be the ones that reach out. I remember taking a job once where for the first three months, no one's that had been working there ever said hello to me. And I thought, wow, this is a really unfriendly place. Well, what I learned from that is the longer I wait to reach out and welcome myself in and introduce myself to people, the longer it is that I feel uncomfortable. That's within my control. I can be the one who says hello. I don't have to be an extrovert to do that. Totally true. Now, those are just some things that we talked about in terms of changing your mindset about networking. A lot of people go into these conversations. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to handle common, what I would call objections. Uh, So the, the first thing I would suggest is have a list of questions. You mentioned that earlier. So have a list of questions, things to keep you on track so that you're not filling the air with your own voice. Right. That's the first thing. The second thing is there has to be a purpose to this meeting. And I think it's perfectly okay to be honest with people. Absolutely. Well, and as we talked about in an earlier podcast, um, if you're always working on a project, I this was the best piece of advice when I was unemployed for a long period, to always be working on a project, something that is making me a better person or more skilled or whatever it might look like. It didn't matter. The idea was if I am, am working on a project, I now have something to talk about. Um, and since everybody loves to give information and advice, and if they're at a networking meeting, you know they're ready to give information and advice, When I have my project put together and I am ready with a few questions asking them, what can I, um, what information can you give me on this? Or do you know someone who who could actually help me with this project, Uh, whether it's giving advice or whatever that is, it puts them in a position of um, influence. Uh, rather than going in and saying, hey, I'm unemployed, I'm looking for work. While that may be true, if I'm working on a project, that means they don't have to find a job for me because we always want to fix whatever the problem is. You know, if somebody presents a problem to me, I'm going to solve it. Well, I can't solve that if I'm not the hiring manager. Indeed. Having a project is one way. Another way is to just be clear, yes, I'm looking for work, but no, I don't expect you to find me a job. Excellent. That's a great way to just kind of 
release all of the tension that might be in the room or in this person's head saying, oh my gosh, is he going to hit me up for a job? Is he going to hit me up for a job? No, I'm not going to hit you up for a job. In right. fact, I don't even expect that you know of anything. Of course, if you have something, I would love to know. I'm all ears. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, anything, a project is a good one. Um, just being truthful up front about your situation is a good one. Anything that positions you as in control of your destiny. Right. I think is the clear point there that you're not just home watching Netflix or... Or, or one of the things that so many people do, and I, I've been guilty of it in my past, if I'm looking for work or, or trying to advance something and all I do is I go to the internet and I search, oh, uh, well, I don't see anything. Or I've already applied to all the jobs that are out there, whatever that looks like. Um, one of the things that you taught me when we first met was the idea of spend only the, the percentage of time based on results. So if you're spending, say, 80% of your time and getting, oh, maybe 2% of your results, maybe you're sending out uh, 100 uh, uh, applications. applications, thank you, 100 applications, and you might get one or two calls period. Don't spend all your time doing things that aren't netting results. Spend your time, spend your energy on things that do get results. And networking generally helps, if for no other reason, to give you an opportunity to talk about things that you value, things that you're passionate about. Because so many of us get energized when we're talking about our passions. As we start to talk about to other people about what it is that we're working on, whatever that looks like, and we have our questions, make sure that you're asking questions that are open-ended, that get thought from them, and then listen to them. Listening is a key skill. That's the nice thing about writing down questions is you don't have to think about listening. You're almost forced to listen. So one of the things that I would recommend is that while you're listening, actually take notes because that demonstrates your level of interest. Taking notes, that way when you get back to the person later on, you have a record of what happened during that meeting. I can't tell you how many times I went to a networking meeting with my resume, expecting them to do something for me, and I walked away with no notes, but we had a great conversation. Right. I was at a loss. So don't miss the fact that taking notes is a huge benefit to you. And it demonstrates to the other person that you're interested right. in what they have to say. Just a note on taking notes these days. Uh, so many of us use our phones to take notes. Uh, it's, this is one time that I actually would not recommend using your phone. Even if you tell them, oh, let me take notes. Do you mind if I take notes on my phone? Because that looks too much like you're texting your friend. Have a little pocket-sized notebook with a small pen. Write it in writing. Show them that you're actually paying attention to what they're saying. That really makes a difference in how they feel about you. And then never miss the opportunity to follow up with that information that you wrote down. I say it in every training course I've ever done. Follow-up is the most important step of any process. When networking, you will hit the, the, the ball out of the park if you follow up. Indeed. So have questions. Take notes. Networking meetings are just a conversation. Remember that. The conversation should progress to a purpose or an end. What I encourage people to do is have in your mind an outcome that you want out of this conversation. And that is to meet more people specifically in your target audience. 
people that can potentially be hiring managers for you. Now, I know that can be uncomfortable for people, but asking is easier when you've demonstrated that you're not the center of the conversation, you're taking notes and you're appearing interested, you're making the whole thing about them, the audience. Right. When you go to ask for names, it is so much easier when you've done it in that way for them to say, well, of course, Andrew, I'd be happy to introduce you to anybody because you just demonstrated to me how you're going to handle that interaction. Exactly. And the idea that I can value other people ahead of my need is actually going to speak very well. Mm. Um, it, it, it's, it's taking yourself out of the equation because that takes the pressure off the other person. And that's actually the definition of rapport, where Love you it. have a connection. Yes. And it's because you've taken yourself out of the equation that you're able to connect with other people. Right. That's where rapport comes from. So what what is a, you know, let's just take a garden variety networking meeting. What do you what do you think, Scott, should be the components of a garden variety networking meeting or an agenda of some kind, even though it may not be formal or expounded to the other party? Well, it once I've done my prep work, I know what I'm working on, what what my strengths are, and how do I tie that into the conversation. I stop worrying about what my needs are, and I go exploring in that conversation, whether it's just a one-on-one -on -one coffee or a one-on-one -on -one conversation in a larger event. I am looking at for, looking for opportunities to help the other person, because it's true that we reciprocate what we see. So if if I come out with the idea that I am actually going to help this other person, the chances are pretty good that that is going to get reciprocated. But my attention is not on what my needs are. Once I've established what the connection is, I can now be listening, taking notes, making sure that I follow up in ways that are going to help you so that the conversation continues over and over again. Anytime I'm talking to somebody, I'm focused on what they need. I'll let them ask me what my needs are. At what point in that process do you deliver a branding statement? We talked about branding statements on a previous podcast. It's like a handshake. Mm -hmm. It should probably come at the beginning of a networking conversation. Would you agree? I would agree. And However, one of the things that we've also talked about is how to be adaptable in the moment. How do I make sure that the message that I'm giving is actually relevant to the person that I'm talking to? And it may be that I wait until the end to let them know what my branding statement is. And I may need to reword that because I don't want it to be this shameless plug, unless of course they ask for one. But I need to adapt my message to the audience. Precisely. I can't tell you how many times I've come into a situation where somebody thought a networking meeting was one thing, but it wasn't. Right. So even as a, an experienced networker, I've walked into situations where there was no agenda, there was no stated outcome to that conversation, and it ended up that it felt like that meeting was a total waste of time. Now, what am I, what am I saying by that is that I think it's important that you establish value, you communicate your branding statement at some point during the conversation, you let the person know specifically that you don't expect them to find you a job, and you let them know the outcome that you're expecting to get from the meeting. That is to be introduced to people that they know in their target, in your target audience. And so if I set up my meeting that way, they know in their mind why they're here. I have a purpose. I, they know the outcome. I don't expect them to find a job. Then that conversation stays on track. 
and we're not wandering mm -hmm. all over the place on a meeting that should take 15 to 30 minutes, truthfully. Sure. Uh, talking about things that aren't relevant to the purpose of that meeting. Right. Not that, that that it can't go off track and come back. Not that we don't allow the, the audience to participate, but more of the networking meetings I've been involved with uh, went off track and didn't end well. Right. And so often we, we end up beating ourselves up when things didn't go quite the way we wanted them to. Um, being adaptable in the moment really helps with that, but there are times when you just you, you can't pick it up. And ultimately that's okay. Uh, if, if you have if you were able to present something that is interesting to the other person, the chances are pretty good that they're going to be willing to meet with you again. If not, you know, sometimes we just have to move on. So there is no right or wrong way to, to participate in a networking meeting. Doing the networking meetings is really what we're encouraging right. members of Breakfast Club to do, is just go out and actually do the meetings. Get that interaction. Have that opportunity to communicate your value because really you're, you're interviewing in advance of an opportunity. Absolutely. Every networking meeting you're having is actually interview preparation. Yeah, and as we've mentioned, you're you're asking who can I talk to, who might be able to help, or whatever that might look like. Remember that the person you're talking to, while they may not be the person who's hiring, they may be the person that will put you on the right path. Maybe they have asked a question that you hadn't discussed, but ultimately the conversation itself can be very valuable. It becomes more valuable when you follow up. As you end the conversation, whether it goes well or doesn't, you want to make sure that you're expressing gratitude because you've just taken this other person's time. True, they've taken yours. But the idea is that attitude of gratitude, which people overuse that statement, but it still works. When you express gratitude, you are demonstrating to them that you value their time as much as your own. So as you things went really well, you circled back to the conversation, the topics that you discussed, you're, you're looking for another opportunity for a new conversation with that person. Maybe it's a more formal conversation, a, a mock interview, or a, a, an opportunity for you to explore their company. Maybe it's just, let's have another informal conversation over a beer, whatever that might look like. If it doesn't go well, I wouldn't circle back to the topic that, that didn't go well, but you might use a little bit of humor, but the idea is acknowledge how you felt in the moment in a way that puts them at ease, accept the idea that, hey, this didn't really go as well as I had planned or I didn't get to talk about the things, but I still wanted to express to you how grateful I was for the opportunity to talk. That way you come across as a class act even though you had a difficult conversation. They will probably respect you more because you had the gumption to say so. You're demonstrating a reputation. Absolutely. Your reputation is you put others first, you're grateful for the opportunity, uh, you're planting seeds. In this case, you may be meeting with somebody that you don't feel like had any value, but you planted a seed and three or six or months or a year or two years from now, you get introduced by that person that you planted a seed two years ago because you were present of mind, you 
develop this reputation and you maybe followed up with them along the way. Right. The follow-up, as Scott mentioned, is really important. The follow-up actually is what's going to get you more connections. Absolutely. And even if that goes wrong and they don't invite you to somebody, at least circle back with that person and let them know what happened based on your conversation, that you actually took something away from it and did something with it. Right. And you let them know about it. Right. See, part of branding in this networking process is repetition. The, the way to make sure that you get a repeat also is not to have a, the, that initial conversation last too long. Um, I, I don't know uh, if everybody knows who Celeste Headley is. She's an interviewer, and actually you'll, you'll uh, hear her interviews on NPR from time to time. But she has a TED Talk out there, and you can Google it. It's, it's easy. Um, Celeste Headley, 10 Ways to Have a Better Conversation. And there, she gives 10, um, 10 points. Uh, listening is the one she lists next to last. Um, that is probably the most important. But the last thing she mentions is a quote by her sister that a good conversation is like a miniskirt, short enough to maintain interest and long enough to cover the subject. You want to make sure that a networking, networking conversation doesn't last too long. If you are going on and on and it's a really good conversation where there's back and forth and you're really making a good connection, make your appointment for a follow-up conversation right then. Set that in your calendar because that's going to set that moment when they were excited to do it. And don't wait too long. Get it as soon as that person can meet with you. Otherwise, if you're the one droning on and there really isn't a balance, they probably aren't going to want to talk to you again. Tune out. Absolutely. They're going to tune out. So keep the conversation brief. That way, and we've all heard this before, leave them want, always leave them wanting more, right? Leave this conversation with the other person wanting more from you. Keep it brief, cover the subject, but maintain their interest. We'll actually put the link to that TED Talk in the show notes. So go to jobseekersradio.com and you'll see all the resources that we talked about during this broadcast. The other one I recommend a lot of the times to members of Breakfast Club is a book called Networking. Funny, it's called Networking. However, if you put Networking into Amazon, how many titles do you think you get? Oh, Scott? way too many. Over, yeah, it's overwhelming. 600,000. So if you type in Networking... National Business Employment Weekly. You'll find it. This book is actually out of print. So if you want a soup to nuts ABC recipe book for how to do networking, this is the book that I'd highly recommend. Yes, I've read uh, What Colors Your Parachute. I've read uh, Never Eat Alone. I mean, I've read all these books. And this is the only one that I've run across that actually gives you how to network. So if it's out of print, how do they get it? They get it as a used copy. Actually, on Amazon, uh, I've seen them for 39 cents, I think, or even a penny. You know, shipping and handling is like 6 or $7. Yeah, so I think it's worth the investment. It's, it's less than $10 to have probably one of the better networking recipe books, uh, tactically. That is speaking, priced as of today. As of today. We'll leave that link also down in the show notes. We thank you for being here and honoring us with your time. If you would, go to iTunes subscribe to our podcast, and oh, by the way, while you're there, would you leave us a review, please? It means the world to us, and share this broadcast with everybody you know who you think would have value from it. So thank you all for spending some time with us. 
We'll catch you on the next Job Seekers Radio podcast. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. We'll catch you on the next one.